Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's My Pop's Culture, starring my son, Ben, and me, his dad. Do you really have to say it like that, Dad? With our guest star, Joel McHale. I hope our podcast community enjoys this one. Ben, isn't that clever? You never stop amazing me. Do you think that you're a, a pop culture purist? What is a pop culture? What does a pop culture purist mean? What are you trying well, to say? Well, to me, I feel like you're in this boat of like television pop culture where you're like, everything was was a certain way, and that was amazing, and and now that we're doing reboots and things are are paying homage to the past, you're like, oh, I can't handle this. It was already it was good in the past. Don't touch anything. Don't ruin anything. If that's the definition of purist, then I would say I'm a purist. And when you brought up reboot, my stomach turned. Why? Because I'm not a fan of bringing things back. Leave it, like, that's part of history. Like, okay, can we just talk about WandaVision for a minute? WandaVision! Oh, your favorite show. Everyone's talking about WandaVision this and WandaVision that. WandaVision is like, wow, that's really original. Let's let's take the Brady Bunch uh, set and redo it and make fun, like, just play up on Brady Bunch or Dick Van Dyke or whatever. It's like, Create something different. That's like ripping off. That's like, you know what I'm trying to say? I don't know. I still think there's a level of paying an homage to the shows that came before it. No, when you pay an homage to something, that's not paying an homage. That's like actually ripping off what was done in the past. Why can't you accept a scenario like this, okay? A show WandaVision comes out because your children like Marvel movies. And maybe there's a chance for for you and your children to enjoy a show where your kids can kind of get their new superhero thing and you can kind of get this nostalgic feel of, oh, I used to watch these kind of shows as a kid. And it's a fun bonding moment now that it's like, oh, we can watch this younger show, which has this superhero Marvel side to it, but it also pays respect and, and plays with this these fun tropes of old sitcoms that you grew up with. You know what I should keep down here in the basement? What? A shovel. Why? Because you've been shoveling so much bullshit right now, you need it. Well, I'm sure you got one down here, like an autographed uh, Joe Pesci shovel or something like that. That's funny. That's really funny. Ben. I'm I'm just saying, why can't you kind of try to appreciate it on like that? No, kind because of you're level. saying, oh, appreciate on the level of bonding. You know how many times I say to you, let's watch this together. No, <laughs> not watching TV together. So don't. I'm, even, not, I'm not saying between no, you no, and no. I. I'm just saying, I'm just don't saying start to me parents. about. Don't use bonding as such a, a a word that you don't even know the meaning of bond. You and I love bondage. Yeah, bond. Yeah, bondage. But you know, I don't know. I, I okay. I am a purist. I don't like the fact the Brady Bunch, for example. That's nineteen seventies kitsch family sitcom, and that's where it should stay. Don't try to bring it back into something today and and treat it as original. Don't even get me started on Stranger Things too. Is that what it's called? Yes. Stupid things. Stranger Things. It's like Stranger Things. It's like yeah. You know, I saw Stranger Things. You know when I saw it in nineteen eighty two. It was called E. T. 
You're just a grumpy was, old man. It was called E.T. Meet Stand By Me. That's Stranger Things. You're just a grumpy old man that this is, this is my pop culture and don't touch my pop right. culture and stay off my lawn. Right. Like it's reboots, right? All the reboots now. Do we really need a reboot of Punky Brewster? Do we really need a reboot of Punky Brewster? Because that's what we're doing. Did we really need a reboot of Full House? No. No. no I don't we have them. It's like, oh, here, no, because reboots to me, all they are are business. It's a business. Oh, you know what? Those fans of Punky Brewster from 25, 30 years ago are now 40. And we're going to have Punky Brewster have a kid who's about 10. So we're going to get all those fans who are now 40 to watch the show and 10-year-olds and get two generations oh, I'm sorry. Are you telling me that show business actually is a, is a business? Yes. Oh, wow. What a revelation. Yes. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if someone does a good job at bringing something back, then bring it back. Well, if it's bad, then it's bad. Then don't don't bring it back. What's next? They're going to bring back Gone with the Wind, and they're going to cast who would they cast in that one? Like uh, well, Kristen Wiig as Scarlett O'Hara and and uh, Tracy Morgan as Rhett Butler. That would be quite the reboot. When things are done well, yeah, I think they can be good. And I, th- can, I don't think can be is the key word. When my in my time they were good. Everything in your time was good. Yes, everything in my time was good. The Flying Nun, classic. This garbage is always going to exist, regardless if it's original or if it's a reboot. I'm I. I just think you need to get your head out of your own ass for a second and just be like, is the show good or not good? After I watch it, don't make an assumption before we go into it. I don't think it's very nice that you say to your father, "Get your head out of his own ass." First of all, it's not physically possible to do that. Just saying. I don't know, because yours is buried so deep in yours. Mm. But I also think there are shows nowadays that do a really good job of of paying homage to like old television pop culture. I mean, you look at a show like Community, and I think Community did a really good job of like bringing in references to pop culture. Okay, because Community, okay, I am a fan of Community because Community was actually a love letter to pop culture. It's not a ripoff of pop culture. <laughs> And community is kind of like it had become a it became a cult series, which yep. in in of itself is pop culture. So it says pop it became a pop culture show with pop culture references within it. Pop culture times two. Yeah, I mean I think we're just at a weird point where I think pop culture is like it's just turning back over onto itself and it's becoming this like cyclical machine of references and it's almost like it's this meta kind of pop culture. What is meta? Your generation uses meta and tropes. Those are your words. Meta and tropes. Everything in conversation. You go to a restaurant. Hey, uh, um, is this a, a meta type of soup? This yeah. menu is very meta. Mediterranean. Yeah, but what? Yeah, Mediterranean. <laughs> what does meta mean? Explain it to me, Mister Millennial. I feel like I'm gonna have a hard time explaining. What yeah, because you don't know. Is. You all say the, these words and don't understand them. Like community is a show that's like taking the genre of television, integrating it in, like taking the tropes of other TV shows or other genres of that television show, integrating it to itself so that it's almost meta within its use of pop culture. I'm still understanding. Meta is referring to itself or to the conventions of its genre. So you're saying that community is meta because it's a pop culture show that refers to pop culture. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, you could have just said that. I could have said that. You know what? In the future, don't use the word meta. Okay, what unless do you it, unless it's in a sentence that makes sense. What do you want to say instead? I met a person the other day. They were very nice. When do you meet a ni- nice person? I, I feel a, like you I, always just meet people you think are idiots. I met a person who likes to use the word meta. Anyway, speaking of meta, would you like to introduce our meta guest? Well, our guest today is Joel McHale. Joel McHale has his very... Um, his humor is kind of surly. Is that what surly means? It's like, uh, it could be a little bit harsh. Like, you know, have you seen him talk about on, on The Soup when he would talk about the Today Show and yeah. make shots about the Today Show? Yeah. And then he was on the Today Show and they say, why do you make fun of our show? And he says, have you watched your show? Like he's kind of- he, So are, are you warning me to just- Well, I'm warning because you're not- Put on a brave face? Yeah, put on a brave face because you're younger than I am. You don't have as thick skin as I do. So you need to just be prepared if he could be a little harsh to you. That's all. I feel like you need to be prepared. I I'm, I feel like you're the one that, that takes everything too personally. I don't take anything personally. But I'm saying to you, his sense of humor, don't take it personal, his sense of humor. He's just got, he's got it. That's a shtick. 
And I guess I need to have put on a brave face about this now. A brave face. Put on a meta face. A brave meta face. Yes. Okay, go push the meta button. Okay, Which I'll button? Bravely hit it. I once met a button to get to me onto Zoom. Look at Joel McHale. And here we are. <laughs> You're looking great. Well, I love the beard. Nice storage unit, guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're just in his hoarding collection right now. I have nothing to do with all this. Nothing. That doesn't seem like it's uh, like an earthquake hazard at all. No, yeah. not at all. Not at all. This is my my son. Call I call this my pop culture lair, and my son calls it. I call it like a future episode of Hoarders down here. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, nerd heaven in the best way. <laughs> Does nothing appeal to you here, Joel? Look at look at all the cool stuff. Nothing. Well, I like Gumby. That's good. See, there you uh, go. I like a TV Guide with Dallas on it. That's good. <laughs> um, Shirtless dude, flow. I mean, everything's great. Joe, bring that Charlie's. What was your favorite show? What What did you like watching, Joel, when you were a kid? I don't watch TV. You don't? No, of course I do. <laughs> uh, my favorite show growing up, uh, Sanford and Son. I love that. Oh, my God. Sanford and Son. Did you love Aunt Esther? Wait, did I just stump you? You don't have a Sanford and Son doll? I don't have a Sanford and Son doll. Yeah, you can pick another show, and I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you might have How about, uh, I like Flipper. Oh, God. He's he's stumping me. Yeah. This isn't fair, Joel. Where's my flipper? Okay. I'll be the dolphin. Yeah. How Joel. about Falcon Crest? You got a Falcon Crest doll there? I've got, I've got a Falcon Crest TV guide somewhere. Believe it or not. Somewhere? Somewhere. Like... Somewhere. With, with how, about, how about Manimal? What's Manimal? Yeah, d- he's a... Uh... Making you look like you don't know your TV. How about Auto Man? Okay, this is well. Nice talking to you, Joel. It's. Nice you guys know t- anything about pop culture history? <laughs> you go. You take it over. Okay, Joel. What is what is pop culture, Joel? What is pop culture? Well, it's clearly not Manimal or Auto Man, according <laughs> to you guys. Uh, how about, uh, at least you do my Falcon Crest reference. Yes. You didn't. No, I, I, I can I can bump it up and go Misfits of Science. Do you remember that? Yes, that I know, but oh, I don't all right, have. All right, all right, all right. Would this be cool? Would a Hogan's Hero comic book do it for you? I like that one. Okay, that's good. Uh, that that I love that. That same issue appeared in Autofocus. Yes, that was a great film. I agree. Don't you want? Don't you want to see a, a doc mini series murder mystery about Bob Crane's murder? Yes, uh, it's a pretty fa- that history is fascinating. So I would, I would watch it. It's really to see like when you're watching Hogan's Heroes, especially with all the you know memories as a kid. You're like that guy was just a maniac. And, and his film. Where are his films today? Where are, where are his 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 I'm, sexually I'm, erotic movies? I don't know, the Smithsonian? I'm not sure. I don't know where they exactly... They're probably in an evidence room somewhere. For sure. Because he was... I mean, because all that's happened without any consent, right? I mean, the, right. the filming part. Yes. You don't know the story. No, I don't, I don't know this. No. Okay. Oh, gonna... it's, you should watch, watch Autofocus. It's great. And Willem Dafoe, I mean, Greg Kinnear, they're all... They're both... They're nailing it. They're yes. both great. I think it's Greg Kinnear's one of his greatest roles, believe it or not. It, I agree. Greg yeah. Kinnear is, I mean, I know he's an Oscar nominated, but even like if you saw, what is it? The uh, Mark Wahlberg uh, the movie about the Eagles where he plays Dick Vermeil. Uh, he's amazing as Dick Vermeil. It really, really pisses me off. What movie was Dick that? Dick Vermeil is the coach of the Eagles in. That's right. Yes. Yeah. It's a, that's a really good movie. Elizabeth Banks is really great. And it's a true story. That's the other crazy thing. It really did happen. It was great. Anyway. Joel. You are, we wanted to talk with you because there's not many people that can be a pop culture guru and you are one. And Well, I don't know about that because I read a lot of that shit out loud and I didn't know what I was talking about. Because we had a lot of people on the staff that, you know, were 20 somethings that knew about that. And I would be like, this is the thing. They're like, oh yeah. I'm like, okay, let's tell a joke. <laughs> about I mean, we had a lot of pop culture and obviously we had a lot, there was a lot of celebrity news in it as right. well but mm-hmm. uh yes i would agree with that and we were obviously highlighting the explosion of reality television right what is pop culture joel what is it oh geez here we go <laughs> uh pop culture is culture of today short and sweet short and sweet yeah. and 
What is, what is, um, we're talking about reality television and isn't it, do you, what are your thoughts on reality stars becoming, or reality television becoming part of our pop culture or celebrities who are real people, real people becoming celebrities? What are your thoughts on that, Joel? What the fuck? Uh, are you high? What's going on? Is that how you, how did you come up with questions? Did you have like a ball full of words and you'd spun them around and then we're like, <laughs> How do real people become? Well, we have, this is my life. We have debates about this in our house. You do? Yeah, it's a thrilling house to live in. (laughs) No, I'm just uh, berating you about the wording. Uh, No, so I think (laughs) here's the thing with pop culture is that when you say pop culture, uh, there's an immediately derogatory tone that it takes. Mm -hmm. So he's like, well, that's pop culture, right? when the people who are deriding it absolutely participate in it and uh, usually and or they have participated in, in, in some point in their mm-hmm. life when, you know, like, I don't know, they might be older, be like the Beatles were absolutely the height of pop culture at the time. Mm-hmm. But that was the good version compared to when uh, the OC became a popular show. Uh, so uh, what am I saying? So obviously our Pop culture is the thing of the day, but reality television programming has, it exploded at the time we were doing the soup and it was the, it was the wild west and the open frontier, but it wasn't just, it wasn't just that, you know, oh, these people on Survivor are now famous. It was, you know, people like uh, Whitney Houston had their own show and, Mm -hmm. and so all sorts of celebrities participated and continue to. So uh, what, and I'm not sure your question was, very confusing. Are what are real people becoming? I mean, that had that's happened all the time. I think because I'm, I guess I tend to be more of a purist in pop culture. Ver- what does that mean? And it sounds racist. You know what? I'm gonna let's have Ben. You explain yeah. to Joel because I think Joel's. I'm not wording it properly. I, I think for I, him, I think for him, the, the idea that like, pop culture should be like people that are behind the greatest things we, we've been watching, whether it is from mm. uh, Hogan's Heroes or whether it is from like. Uh, Charlie's Angels or Blazing Saddles versus like, you know, the guys from Gigolos are now part of pop culture. Yeah. Well, so you want it to be a certain way? Yes. Yes. I want it to be what made me warm and fuzzy. Again, your elitism is never going to uh, work out uh, because you can't pick and choose, right? Well, I wish I could, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean... It's very disgustingly, at one point in culture, two girls, one cup was a major thing. And that was disgusting and horrifying. And I hope they're okay. Uh, but Joel, my son is here. My son is here, Joel. I've seen the video. What? I was in high school when that came Okay. Out. Go ahead, Joel. So you're his grandfather or what is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm his dad. I can't keep it straight. No, so... You can't pick and choose that stuff. Of course, you once in a while, it meets perfectly like Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we're all enjoying the same thing at the same time because it's well done and it feels like it's speaking to you. But for the most part, it it doesn't. And uh, and other things people don't want to be like The Bachelor will continue to be popular for forever, Mm -hmm. seemingly. Mm -hmm. And but other stuff kind of fades away. But so I, you know, it. Obviously, just like anything else, if if you could, you can be discerning and, and have a critical opinion about it, which obviously on the soup, we were very critical of almost everything, including most of the things on E. Uh, so and myself. Uh, so um, hopefully. But um, I don't think you can't be like we live in the world where or Breaking Bad was mm-hmm. an amazing show at the same time. You remember the few things that spiked through that were great. And then, you know, 90% of it is forgotten. Yeah. And then, so I, I, I was, I learned early on from a friend named Dr. John Medina. He's like 90% of all art sucks, but 10% never been better. Hmm. And I was like, perfect. Per, I was like, that seems about right. Yeah, I, I feel yeah, like he's yeah. living in on that rock where it's like yeah. nothing was better than it was in like the 1970s. Did you say the rock under the rock? No, you're living on this on your own isolated oh, rock where you believe that pop culture of your generation was like the yeah. best. And, and as we know, that's just such a load of bullshit. To most people, but not to me. Does that yeah. make sense? A lot of pop culture has is, is reuse, recycle, reboot. That's what's going on now. 
the difference, like when we talk about community, community for me was a love letter to pop culture. Where when I look at something, like when I was looking at WandaVision, yeah, I can't stand WandaVision. We had a big fight about WandaVision because I thought it was shit. I thought WandaVision is taking stuff that's been done before and rehashing it and trying to do a different spin. But been there, done that. Community to me was a love letter to pop culture. That's a little bit, that's how I feel. Well, look, we all, we can have opinions like that sweatshirt is god awful but uh <laughs> but you love it and that's great no i'm giving you a hard time but anybody who thinks their their time was the greatest time is that's just not you know like oh and these kids today they don't get it that's what every old person says every even shakespeare like is like oh these kids you know like they that's what everybody says until they become old and then it just goes around and around and around. And, you know, it just, I knew it not, I knew a guy that, you know, like I, you know, I, I was 18 when grunge music was huge. And he was like, you know, it's nothing like the music of the early seventies. And I was like, yeah, it's better. Uh, ours is. And so like you claim these things because at the time you're being formed as a human being, right. It reaches into your memory cells and burns off hole in your heart so of course yeah a uh you know a strawberry alarm clock song means more to you than it does whatever that band's name was mm-hmm. uh strawberry you're right yeah yeah you're like that song means a lot that song means a lot more to you than a ti song joel do you find that pop culture like for me it's a bit more ingrained in my dna i think it's a bit more like I've asked Ben, I've asked Ben many times, is there anything from your childhood or anything that you remember that you really, I love how you said that burns a hole in your heart because that's how I feel. But he doesn't feel a lot about songs or about games or about. No, I don't feel that way because there's, there's so much of it in my generation compared to right. his generation. Right. Well, yeah, his generation just rubbing two sticks together and they're like, it's a song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, of course you have those, but people are different and you tie, I'm sure when you like your father was probably saying this this it's 1975 i can't keep up with anything all we had was glenn miller and that was enough uh and then and that they i guarantee they said the same thing when they saw robert plant on stage with his long hair and he didn't have a shirt and he has singing a falsetto and they were like what do kids like now and now he's rock royalty forever and ever and ever so uh, I, the generational thing, I mean, I, I, I never, I don't know if you, if your son felt this way, but at no point when I was growing up did I go, boy, I can't keep up with all this music. Mm-hmm. I mean, I chose, you choose the lane that you choose because you, you're not even thinking about it because what your friends are listening to. Uh, but I guarantee you right now, your dad goes on the top 10 songs on iTunes. You're not going to recognize any of them. Are you going to say something about no, that? I think you, you, know, he not probably you, you in the green sweatshirt. Oh, and me? I don't. I don't know a lot of the. I don't know a lot of their music, and I feel bad because I. But your the, son would. Your son would, would yeah, recognize. He would. Yeah. Are you? Are you between? Because you're you're younger than I am, Joel, and I and that's true. That's true. I you know. Well, first of all, I want to go back to something you said earlier. Well, the way you said it was Shakespeare an old Jew. You were doing Shakespeare as an old Jew, and I just wanted to know. No, Shakespeare was an anti-Semite. If you read <laughs> yeah. uh, the Merchant of Venice, so there you go. Uh, it was very popular to be an anti-Semite, and with the way that QAnon has come on in the last two years, it's back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. great. Yes, I'd I'd say it's back in fashion. Do you find, do you find your, is there anything, Joel, that you feel that you're still warm and fuzzy about? Like anti-Semitism? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell kind of questioning? <laughs> I'm warm and fuzzy for all sorts of things, but I know. And if you read The Merchant of Venice, there's, they tried with uh, Al Pacino to do a version of it that mm-hmm. to get around it. And they, you can't, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it definitely is there anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm warm and fuzzy for all sorts of stuff, but I have to remind myself that it wasn't better than the wonderful art that's coming out now. And so I think as a, as a, I mean, I'm almost 50, but Mm -hmm. the trap is always like, people are so much better back then. Fucking glory days. It's the most amazing fucking song of all time. And I'm like, okay, well, yes, it's a really good song. It's definitely really good. Right. Uh, But 
Um, yeah, no, I, I tear will come to my eye if I start looking at Seattle bands from the late eighties and early nineties, because that was, those are the bands that I went and saw. Those are the bands that I was just, mm. I grew up in Seattle. So it meant a lot. It still means a lot. Right. Uh, but that doesn't mean the music now coming out is like inferior because I enjoyed this moment. So, uh, so, uh, passionately and you do that also because you're young. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. I think, but there's good music, really great music coming out that I, yeah. now that I don't listen to enough. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there you go. But there's all sorts of stuff. I look back on warm and fuzzy and I have children that when they, like when they love Back to the Future, it makes me super happy. Right, uh, right. But um, you know, my kids really enjoy watching YouTube and with their friends and going from YouTube to YouTube video with whatever you know influencers has the twenty five million or ninety million subscribers. So, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is how they consume entertainment. And I shouldn't go. I mean, with the number, the next time I hear an older person go like. I just don't understand. You know, like they get on there. I mean, what's going on? I was like, oh, God, it's moved on. Just relax. <laughs> I'd love to know there's a doc out recently called Fake Famous, basically showing how many of these influencers, they're bots. The the the, the followers are bots. The likes are bots. Oh, yeah, pictures are staged. Yeah, the pictures are staged. They're not really living that life. And the people who are giving them the money and sponsoring them don't care. Don't care. What are your thoughts on influencers raising our are having influencing our kids i definitely need to see that documentary that's really good um that sounds great uh but i you know i don't i don't know you think about the manipulation of all like i don't know did people when jaws came out did people go like wait the the shark is fake oh i don't want to see that Mm -hmm. some of the people that, that my kids watch they follow like laser beam from australia super funny and i always look at it like oh well i don't know like i like i don't know joe rogan has uh, hundreds of millions of people that follow him and and everyone when i hear people go like oh late night television might be dead i'm like i don't think so i think no. it's still going and uh you know like joe rogan is now a new version of that so uh right right uh and you know like obviously that means but the other guys are still uh, i you know like when people are like oh the ratings are down he's like I don't know that video that Kimmel just put out got 50 million hits and the one that Conan put out got 60, you know, like, right. Right. So I, I don't, I, I, I should look up fake famous. And when I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously you already hit on it before, but some people on reality shows become famous mm-hmm. from being on the show, but you could make the same argument. Eh, I couldn't really, but like they stop being famous after a moment. And they're like, well, what happened to Spencer Pratt? Oh, he's back. I don't know. Uh, so, right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't b- bother. I mean, if the, if what they're doing is super funny or super good, then I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt that Kardashians are a cultural phenomenon that it mm-hmm. continues. And if she uses a type of mascara, whether there's 50 billion bots or not, they're going to sell. It'll sell. I think, like, if you look at the 70s, I don't know if you watched that Bee Gees documentary on HBO, yes. which yep. I thought was tremendous. Like, the amount of shit that they caught for being the kind of spear, the tip of the spear for this huge cultural movement, which then was right. absolutely destroyed, and half of it was, you know, anti-homosexual uh, and anti... Yep. Uh, uh, it was just racist, so... but. It was such an, and I thought that was such an interesting time because the number of people you probably grew up with, yeah, that were like disco stupid and absolutely participated, in right? It. So, anyway, there you go. Yeah, this is a bit more off topic, but like way what, off topic. What do you think about reboots today? If they're good, great. See, that's my opinion. Whereas I don't think you feel. No, I don't way. feel that way. I mean, I, I feel like that's known already. Like honestly, Joel, can I just say something kind of mean? But like they rebooted Punky Brewster. They rebooted Punky Brewster. Who cares? Why would they do that? Why not? Who cares? It, it, it's just like why would they do that? Who cares? Why not do it? Who cares? So she's she continues to be uh, lovely and talented, but. If the scripts are bad and the show's bad, it's probably not going to do well. If it's good, mm-hmm. then it will probably do just fine. Like my kids love Cobra Kai. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they probably, I am guarantee they like Cobra Kai and have watched it more than they watched 
the Karate Kid movies. Interesting. So uh, because it's a good show and if the quality is good, the show is good. Right. So that's the, I, I, that's where I would stand with those. I'm sure there's some shitty ones. What should it what shouldn't be rebooted? What show should they never reboot, Joel? How about this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I don't know. Uh, you know, like when they redid the monkeys, that was pretty awful. Uh, remember when that was like the monkeys 98 or, or no, like 88 or whatever? Oh, yeah. Horrible. Horrible. Was, like, you're right. It was really bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like there's the original Charlie's Angels and... You know, some of the movies are really good. Mm -hmm. They're fun. And no one was pissed about those. Um, and I guess some of them were bad. I didn't watch them all. Uh, but uh, I think it's case by case that I, I, I'm not going to go like, if they reboot Small Wonder, I'm out of here. I, I, I don't have any sort <laughs> of opinion like that. Uh, uh, as long as it's funny and it's good, like yeah. the... You know, like Arrested Development, the, when they brought that back, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, that's interesting about, like, even when you talk about community with um, Arrested Development, there's a fan base. There's a fan base that brings back. Well, yes, the fan base brings it back. But my kids with Cobra Kai, which is a good example, I guess. Yeah. Um, Cobra Kai is, uh, it, it stands alone from the movies. My kids don't really care. They like the history of it. Right. And they appreciate it. They don't think, like, at all, like, why did they do this? They don't do that. Uh, they're just like, this is really entertaining. And all my friends watch it and something we can share. Uh, I think, you know, like the reboot of Battlestar Galactica is bat way better than the first version of it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, you know, like there's arguments to be made on both sides. But I think if you're making something good, you're making something good. I think what I'm actually learning from you, Joel, for me is like, I have to get over the fact, whatever made me warm and fuzzy and whatever I have my emotions attached to, it's like still have those emotions and keep them there, but don't use it as a judgment. Cause I tend to be, you know, yeah, Mr. McJudgy. Yeah. Well, cause, cause, cause he's stuck in the whole, like my air yeah. was better, but this is yeah. where like, I'm, I'm on your side, Joel, where I'm like, well, if the camera equipment's better, the CGI is better. If the writing's better, if the acting's better, then why not reboot it? Just enjoy it for what it is, you're saying. Just yeah. take it for what it is. Yeah. I, yeah. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. So uh, I think, and, and that presents itself pretty quick, which what sucks. Uh, I mean, if you look at something like, for example, yeah, something I was on, but you look at, I mean, what year did the X-Files start? 90, it's 27 years old now. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm tooting my own horn here, but I was a part of the kind of like bringing back more episodes. And mm -hmm. I will personally say, even though I was in some of them, I was like, this is fucking great. And right. I really enjoyed, I mean, I obviously I enjoyed being there, but I was like, Chris Carter knows how to tell a story, whether it's in 1991 or 2018. So I, I'll, I'll take it any day of the week. Um, yeah, I just want to talk about like uh, cult followings and like viral campaigns, because I know how big that was in bringing back community and i just feel like it's such a i feel like it's such an interesting time yeah. in pop culture where fan the voice of fans yeah. seems louder now and it feels like it can enact greater change for shows i don't know if it's louder i think it's just differently uh disseminated like because mm -hmm. your dad remembers the last mash which yep. was a cultural moment in america or the who shot jr it right. was just that there was less choice and these shows happen to hit the zeitgeist perfectly 
mm-hmm. and they were huge. Or like, again, I keep bringing up Seinfeld, but yeah, that show is, you know, or even like I would say now the office has a bunch of kind of universal uh, like people. It's a, it's a universal language, but I, I, with niche shows, I, I don't like cult following just says to me, whether it's a super popular show or a tiny show, a tiny show, it becomes a cult following. But if you're a big bang theory, it's just, you're a fan. Uh, so I, 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 obviously there are more ways to get the word out, but streamers wouldn't be, especially streamers wouldn't be showing these things if they weren't popular mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Right. Um, obviously community has been very lucky and has experienced a, a, a renaissance with it being on Netflix. Uh, and I, it sh- and I always claimed, I was like, the show's way more popular than people get a credit for if I do say so myself, but you are right. There's more ways to express yourself. Now, Comic-Con obviously was a shined a light and, and absolutely made a party out of people that liked shows that weren't as well known, but like, it's a weird thing because he's like Harry Potter, so popular, blah, 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 blah. And then you hear about like Jack Reacher books. Mm-hmm. By Childs. It was like, yeah, Tom Cruise did two successful movies as Jack Reacher. I feel like though Harry Potter is more or, you know, culturally penetrative. Uh, but Jack, that dude has sold as many books as J.K. Rowling. Yes. And yes. It's crazy how many copied, how, how popular that is. And sometimes you just, you don't realize it. And uh, anyway, that's a very long way of saying you're right. There's war, more ways to express yourself. Uh, but I think there's always been super fans of everything. And so it just because like, I, again, I keep going back to the show that I was fucking on. But our fans defended the show because the narrative of the show not being very popular. So, A, thank to those people. But I think that also was uh, a for the minor show that we had. I only say that because, you know, it wasn't like some, but the reporters would always start every conversation with, uh, you guys have a ratings challenge. So how, and I was like, yeah, that's just lazy journalism. Mm -hmm. You don't know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we're on at eight o'clock against the big bang theory and NBA basketball and the Stanley cup finals and uh, the NFL. So, um, and then when we're, when we're on, not on Thursdays, Usually Parks and Rec replaces us with new episodes and they rate lower than us and you never talk about them. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, you, I'm not, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but this is exactly what happens. And then they just stare at me. And I was like, okay, so anyway, yeah, the show's doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, so that's when I would get all defensive. But um, anyway, that was a very long way of saying thank you. <laughs> that's what I did. Yeah. No, uh, but cult fo- I think cult followings have always been there. And uh, I mean, I like the X-Files. People talk about X-Files cult following. And it's like the X-Files is one of the biggest shows on television for many years. Yes. Yes. Did they ever, Joel, did they ever re-air that one episode with the family? With There was that one episode with, you remember the family? The, the name of the episode is called Home, my friend. Yes. And, thank uh, you. Yeah, they, 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 uh, Fox, that was the problem is that when they aired it, the president of Fox at the time said, we will never show that again. Right. Which only made it more popular. Mm-hmm. Peacock's built that farm during the Civil War. Still has no electricity. They grow their own food. They raise their own pigs. They breed their own cows. It also happens to be a remarkable episode of television, which has yeah. never been duplicated. And when I hear about people being super innovative with her, with what they're doing now, I'm like, yeah, just go watch home. And that shit came out in the nineties. So right. it's a wonderful episode. Yeah. And it's aired a bunch of times. Yeah. Cause I remember when it came out, never saw it again. Like we saw it when it first aired. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to show you, we'll have to watch the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love that about today where if, if a show comes out, it's, it's so accessible and so easy right, to rewatch right. and, and keep watching it and binging it and it doesn't just get lost. I will tell if any young people are watching this show, which they're not, uh, 
The X-Files is a good show to go back from the beginning and start from there. And because it, it changed from, in my mind, and I think something like Battlestar Galactica did something similar, but they, mm-hmm. but the X-Files really shifted. Uh, the, uh, like, and I would say the same thing about Twin Peaks, but I think the X-Files was so big. Yeah. Uh, it was such a huge cultural moment because Chris Carter said, I'm going to come out with a show that is not only, you know, like it's the new Twilight Zone in a way, but also has the right. long narrative, but also he set a mood like nobody's business. Yep. And the feel of that show is being copied right now by everybody. Yeah, it was like It was like when The Matrix came out and be like, yeah, we're going to do it that way. Or like the born identity or something. You're absolutely right. It was a, it was a very different way of telling storytelling and it was also a show where you did not have to be a sci-fi fan to watch it and enjoy it. No. There was it was it was a very it was a lot much more, there was a hell of a lot more going on than just that. And you're also looking at two people that were so perfectly cast that were superstars. Yes. And were the skill sets they each have were I mean, again, I mean I, Chris Carter got it right so much. It's crazy. Um, I know we talked about the X-Files. Is there any show besides the X-Files that you would go back and rewatch? Uh, oh, yeah. That you think is that per- a perfect? What, what's a perfect show to you, Joel? Oh, uh, uh, I think Spartacus, Blood and Sand was, I enjoyed every minute of that show. Um, I would watch The Singing Detective again. Um, mm-hmm. With Michael Gambon, that was only like eight episodes. I would watch the British Office again and again and again and again. I would watch Extras again with Ricky Gervais. Yes, I find Extras very sad. I find it really—it's a very sad show for me. Yeah, I, lo- I don't mind a sad show as long as it's good. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that that last moment of him being on Celebrity Big Brother is right one of the finer pieces of acting I've seen in a very long time. Yes. I would watch Sanford and Son again. Yep. I watch, to this day, I watch the match, the old match game. I have the best 40 episodes of it on, it's, it runs daily on the Game Show Network. How long was this, how long was this microphone, Joel, uh, Gene Rayburn? Well, it's funny you should say that. It changed every episode by two centimeters. Uh, <laughs> and Alec Baldwin used, I mean, like when I was on the, uh, I go on the Alec Baldwin version and I'm just like, I can't believe I'm, I'm beside myself. I'm just like, I cannot believe I'm doing this. What is it about Match Game you loved? I'm curious because I, I also love that. One, I mean, I like being on the new one because it's yes. fun, but the old one, yeah. because it was, a, it was a party where there happened to be a game. Get ready to match the star as we play the star-studded big money match game 75. And now here's the star of match game 75, Gene Rivers. Yes. And you get these, you get real comedic moments and you get the, I mean, Charles Nelson Riley. Yes. Charles, what'd you say? I said logically a garter. A garter, right. Sorry. Well, well I'm not starters anymore, Charles. I yes. do. <laughs> Obviously, um, Betty White and, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Richard Dawson. Brett Summers. Uh, with uh, Nipsey Russell was always really funny. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's seeing, and it's also, I think, seeing that slice of life from 1975. Uh, mm, agreed. And, uh, you, I mean, obviously films like the godfather and stuff were coming out but you you miss some of those things but i think there was just a little bit of magic that uh that they created that they were shooting these things on a friday afternoon and they were all half drunk and that was pretty funny there was a lap there was a beautiful jailbreak feeling to it a chaos to it that was just lovely yes that's true i feel like i got to go back and watch old nash games now gene rayburn is some of the episodes are tough to watch because he's creepy. Yeah. Because uh, he's like, it's your first time on the show. You have to get a, a kiss from Uncle Gene. I'm like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> well, it was like Richard, da- Richard Dawson kissing everybody on Family Feud. It's astonishing. And Can't do that anymore. Well, and you shouldn't yeah, do that no, anymore. It's, it's really, I mean, it's difficult to watch. And so... Uh, uh, some of that stuff. Well, uh, card, you can't do that on card sharks, can you? Nope. No. Nope. No, I don't want to. No, want to. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. But thanks for mentioning card sharks. Yes. 
Which is interesting because that in itself is a reboot, but it's an elevated reboot. You know, it's not, it's, it's a, it's, it's a really grand show. If you watch the original card sharks from the Mm seventies, it's actual cards, like physical big cards with Jim Perry. Ours are different, I mean, because they brought all these game shows back, but it's, yes. I don't think they're bringing them back for nostalgia. I think they brought them back because they went, oh shit, to tell the truth is just a really good game. Yes. So it was match game. It was like, the games are good games. So right. it, it's, the games have evolved a little bit, but it's, that's different than doing a All in the Family reboot. Right. Uh, or a, uh, I don't know, uh, one day at a time reboot like they did, which mm-hmm. is great. Uh, but um, that's, you know, those are bringing back characters. Ours is just, here's a game that's that's good. That at its core was entered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Mr. Joel McHale, we want to thank you so much for for being on our little podcast. So I wouldn't say that's little, but. It looks little. Well, it's in your basement. So. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. Well, thank you for hanging out in our basement. It looks downright cramped, in <laughs> <Yeah>. fact. <laughs> And I want to thank you for taking my uh, my son's side on everything, Joel. I appreciate that. Well, I feel like he and I made the best arguments, and yeah, we won. I th- yeah, I, I think so. And on that note, nice to meet you guys. Thank Likewise, you too. Joel. Let's do it again. You guys are lovely. You, you too, too, Joel. Thank you. Cheers. Right on. Thanks, you guys. I like when interviews are on my side and not your side. It's not about your side or my side. It's about he just, I don't Our think Our whole shit is a then no, versus now. Did, it is a that my side, your side. I don't think he liked me very much. I don't, I wouldn't say that. I, I like. He his, called me an elitist. I mean, at times you are. Mm. Is that a compliment? I don't think so. He called me an elitist on my own podcast. Oh, so you're having it's a like it's like you there. invite someone to your house. You invite a stranger into your house, and they come into your house. They go, your house is ugly. It's like you don't do that. I felt insulted. I'm gonna go cry about it. But I think he just liked. I don't think he agreed with how, what I feel about how I my thoughts about pop culture. I just don't think he agreed with. But but I, I like the fact that he was saying that that older generations instead of having that crotchety old man vibe, should actually just appreciate things and not be so stuck in the past. But the whole thing with me is I may be stuck in the past, but I'm not necessarily a crotchety old man. I don't You're, think. Yeah, you are. Even like when we talk about the WandaVision thing. Oh, the WandaVision sucks. Oh. WandaVision sucks. It's a horrible show. And can I just say, okay, okay, Mr. Joel McHale, you want to know if I watch Manimal or I've heard of Automand? Well, no, I didn't because those shows sucked. They were on for one season. They were canceled. So why would I even care about a show like that? That just shows me what his taste is. His taste in shows. Oh, did you watch the Manimal that went on for one season for eight episodes? No, Joel, because I actually pay attention to things that were part of pop culture history. Manimal, elitist. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my dad, Mr. Hissy Fit. Anyways, I thought he was a very... In- Look, at the guy knows his stuff. Joe McHale knows his pop culture. I thought it was a very interesting conversation. But I would have liked it more if he liked me just yeah. a little bit. I mean, bit. most importantly, though... I already am sitting next to somebody who doesn't like me. Most importantly... What? Yes, what? He knows that I'm right. Okay, well, on that note, how about this? How about you download the first season of Auto Man or Manimal? Oh, wait, there's only one season of that. Do you want like an ice pack or something? Because it sounds like you're no. Ego's I'm good. Bruise. I'm good because he actually he likes match game and I like match game. So then because he, he found some he, common ground, he redeemed himself and he redeemed himself in the fact that he liked the X Files. Mom and I used to watch the X Files all the time, and there was this episode called Home on the X Files, which okay. was about the Peacock family, and it opens up with this Johnny Mathis song and somebody getting killed. And I'm not going to get into how dark that episode mm-hmm. went, but it was. After it aired, it never came on again. So in your generation, those type of things, can, you can find them in a minute on your phone. Yeah. But everybody talked about that episode and no one ever saw it again because Fox banned it after it aired. It's like, why did Fox ban it? Didn't the network approve it before it aired? Didn't someone watch that episode and give notes? I don't know. All it sounds is it sounds more like a pro for my generation that we can find things that might have been buried back in the day. I think that because it was a pe- it was about the Peacock family, Fox didn't like that NBC was the Peacock, and it maybe it was promoting NBC subliminally. Oh, so they should have named it like a, a Fox 
Yeah, it should have been like the Sly family. Like a Sly Fox. Do you get it? That's hilarious. The interesting thing with the X-Files episode Home about the Peacock family, it was so disturbing Mm -hmm. when we watched it. Like, I remember watching it for the first time, and I'm not going to give anything away because it's been on the air for so long, but there's this woman's eyes under these floorboards, and you find out who this woman is, and you find out this family's little dirty little secret. And it was so disturbing that fans would called into Fox and said, pull this episode. Don't ever air this again, how disturbing it was. And that's why it was never seen again. And see, I think that that also kind of ties back to this community idea of just the power of fandom, where maybe you're, that was more of a negative response of fandom, where yes. fans could actually remove things. But it's, communities also was an interesting example of when fans could enact change to keep something on the air. Right, right. Well, here's the other thing too. You know, a network years ago was at the mercy of the advertiser. Mm-hmm. So let's say uh, Wonder Bread was the sponsor of the X-Files. Yeah. And you're getting negative complaints about the show. Well, they're the people giving the money that's helping make that show. And Wonder Bread's like, well, we don't want to lose customers here. We don't want to lose customers. So pull that episode. The advertisers had a lot of say with what went on the air. Where nowadays with your Netflix and all of the other stuff, people are subscribers. Yeah, because we're, we're, we're paying for the content. Right. You're paying for that content. Yeah. So you guys, it's, you know what I mean? It's your voice. I mean, I just don't think that things can disappear anymore. Well, I have a feeling that we're going to get a phone call from Mr. Joel McHale complaining about our podcast and having it pulled. He's going to complain that you're on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Not well, about the podcast itself. Well, if Joel McHale calls in and gets our podcast canceled, that would be a very elitist move. Someone sounds sour. Sour? <laughs> he sounds sour. <laughs> Sour. Who uses their terms? He's he tells me about like I'm an old crotchety old man, and then you're next to me like you're next to me like oh you sound sour like what is 1930s like it's very like so you know, what millennial uses the term sour? Oh you're so you're sounding very sour. It's a term I can use the term. That's yeah, it's more like pissy. You would be like pissy. Not sour. When have I ever said you sound pissy? Just now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go sour. All right, pissy man. Mm-hmm. I'm sour. You're a sour piss. I'm a sour elitist, apparently. My oh my. <laughs> Wasn't that fun, folks? Yeah, my oh my is right. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.